Hey guys, welcome back to Monster Radio. I'm Ashers, and I am here with, um, what's your name again? Oh, what is my name? It's like Ryan or something along those lines. <laughs> Ryan, Brian, I, one of the two, whatever the people like. <laughs> it doesn't bother me, just pick one. Anyway, so yes, we're back again with a uh, another episode on uh, the Wendigo, part two, actually, since we didn't really get to cover, um, you know, everything during the, the last episode. Um, I, I don't, are we promoting things or I don't see that I'm, this is weird. I don't well, like if you it. have something to promote. <laughs> sure. Sure. If you got something to promote, go for it. I, I don't oh, No, I don't. <laughs> All right. Well, my chambers are empty. And if your chambers are empty, let's move on. Sure. <laughs> okay. So last time we talked about the cryptid aspect of the Wendigo. This time around, we're going to talk about the more spiritual aspect of the Wendigo. And this is when things are going to get really dark and interesting. So I hope everybody is ready. I'm yeah. not ready yet. Hold on. You're not ready yet. No, I'm not ready yet. Um, okay, I'm ready now. <laughs> You're ready now. What did you have to grab? Cigarette? Nothing. 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 <laughs> right. well, before we get into the more fascinating tales, let's get into the whole Trout Lake tragedy. Have you ever heard of that, Ashley? No. No. Mm-mm. Okay, well, this comes from a May 8th, 1896 edition of the Glenborough Gazette. Now, it was a brief news article, but it tells the story of a man named Nanapin. Okay, and he was 35 years of age, described by many as mentally sound, physically healthy. But during travels with his wife, he began to act very, very strange. He was telling his wife that animals were about to attack him. Now, at first, she thought it was just, you know, him playing around, but then he started acting a bit more oddly as time went on. So, since they were on a travel route, she urged him to actually go ahead, to move ahead of the family. And his behavior became more violent. So, he was suffering from uh, mental changes as well. He started becoming very paranoid, almost to the point of, I guess you could compare it to uh, schizophrenia. If anybody okay. has it out there, I don't mean any offense, but his body began to change as well. He actually was said to have swelled considerably, and that is a actual annotation. It's a calling card of the Wendigo when somebody's transforming. Their body swells, their mind changes, and they just don't look like the person that they once were. So while his wife and baby were out visiting a neighbor, then they actually made a decision to kill this man because they believed he was becoming a Wendigo. So okay. upon hearing this news, his wife actually rushed back to her husband's room, but she got there just in time to hear the death dealing blows of the ax hitting this poor guy's skull. <laughs> and the town did believe that he was actually becoming the Wendigo. So how interesting is that actually? It, it, it's interesting. Um, it well, you is. want to hear how convinced they were? Okay, go ahead. Okay. Well, the four men that killed him, actually, then proceeded to dismember him <laughs> and then tie his body up with ropes and pretty much scatter his body parts to the four winds. That's how convinced they were he was becoming a Wendigo. Okay. Okay. All right. All right. I mean, that's a pretty gnarly crime, isn't it? Uh, it is. Yeah, it is. I agree. Yeah, I think that's pretty so gruesome. It's definitely interesting. I mean, the animals, though, that he was saying were coming to get him. 
you know, I mean, I guess you could say that, you know, maybe he thought other animals were coming to get him since, you know, back in those days, everybody was superstitious, mm-hmm. you know, and it was just chock full of monsters. The lore was just chock full of monsters back in those days. In fact, you know, wolves were considered monsters in those days. Right. Okay. So it really could have been anything, but it's interesting that they just zeroed in on the Wendigo thing. That was almost like a form of Wendigo psychosis, not with him, but with them. Because he wasn't saying he was becoming a Wendigo. They leapt to the conclusion that he was becoming a Wendigo. So that shows you how embroiled they were with this whole Wendigo fear. Right. I mean, they definitely... Okay, so... Oh, all right, let me start over a little bit. Where did this take place? This actually took place in... Hang on, I'll give you the exact location in just a minute. I have a lot of notes, people, so... Oh, boy, where is it exactly? Um... In Wapiska, it's Wabasco. That's a place in Canada. It's, it's just somewhere in Canada. It happens somewhere. Yeah, um, I mean, here, if you ever go out that way, just make sure you don't show any signs of becoming a Wendigo. They might react very badly to you. Well, sure. I mean, initially, when you're, like, explaining the, the symptoms to me, you know, I'll be perfectly honest with you. It sounds, you know, like, obviously some type of edemia. And, you know, different types of edemia are called, caused by different types of things. But you could have multiple forms happening at once. Um, so the, the mental changes, I mean, you're talking about how a lot of these people have physical swelling, their bodies swell up, um, which mm-hmm. is, that's classic anemia. And then, uh, but well, you can also well, have, before you go on too much, why don't you tell the audience what that is for those who don't know? Yeah, edemia is just basically water retention. Um, it's again, it happens for all kinds of reasons. If you've ever known anybody that's pregnant and their feet swell up real big, that's edemia. Um, but it can happen for, like I said, all kinds of reasons. And you can have also cerebral edemia, which, you know, is basically water on the brain, um, which can cause all kinds of, of problems with, with your mental state, um, all kinds of confusion. So, I mean, I could see how in, in the 1890s, how somebody could could confuse that, um, you know, with some type of, I mean, I'd have to really dig into it. Ryan doesn't prep me on this stuff because I don't ask him to before the show. But, um, you know, that's the first thing that comes to my mind is that as a possibility. Okay. All right. But would that really make his lips swell, though? I mean, is that a symptom of it or no? Yeah. It is? Absolutely could. Yep. Okay. So, I mean, we just kind of touched on how, you know, that kind of thing could very well lead to the misconception of Wendigo psychosis. Sure. It doesn't make the belief system any less real. Um, You know, definitely want to drive that home. They, They probably genuinely believe that that's what they were viewing um but it could be you know again i i would have to really look into it and see if there are any environmental factors that could cause that i'm sure there are again edemia is very 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 common it just means swelling pretty much um but again different types can affect different things i mean if if he was suffering from edemia and he had mental you know some mental changes going on some behavioral you know things going on and he probably had swelling of the brain as well. You know, why did that happen? How did that happen? Um, things like that. But I think that seems like there could be a logical explanation behind. Oh, yeah, I definitely agree with you. When I actually heard that case, I kind of thought maybe it was something he contracted through maybe some wheat or grain that they had eaten. You know, because back in those days, there was a lot of diseases that passed through that. Sure. So maybe it was just a, a side effect or just the main effect of something that was in the grains and just really affected him in drastic ways. But still, it does show the strength of the Wendigo superstition. 
you know, for his family, for even his wife to believe he was becoming Wendigo. That's pretty drastic. That's pretty strong. That shows a very fervent belief. Well, I mean, to throw the dude's body parts all around everywhere nonchalantly, that's pretty... <laughs> that's that's a pretty cruel, I mean. <laughs> yeah, I mean, ouch. That seems almost wrong to do. I mean, that's your husband. You're like, oh, well, you know, we're drifting apart anyway. <laughs> that's terrible. <laughs> Let's see. That. <laughs> <laughs> <Dark> humor. <laughs> you know, but, uh, but no, okay, all right. I mean, that's, you know, that's that that sucks for for that guy <laughs> well that was just a little appetizer so <laughs> yum <laughs> okay so many wendigo puns going on here but now we're going to get into the most fascinating wendigo case or at least most fascinating in my mind and that is the story of swift runner okay now, i know you've heard of this one actually yeah yeah i think most people that are really into the wendigo have heard of this one mm -hmm. um it, it's one of those you know typical tip it typically surrounds the lore yeah yeah well why don't you tell me what you know about it first um just that thought this guy was uh wendigo i mean that's really it that's really all you know yeah okay <laughs> um wasn't swift runner swift runner was the one that um they it was it was weird because it was like definitely when we were trying to to colonize a lot more by we i mean white people yeah. um and this one turned into a big court case isn't that isn't that right it did yes yes mm -hmm. it was in the Ath athabasca region of canada so it was kind of it, it was kind of um controversial as to whether or not you know we could start charging indigenous people for their beliefs um basically and it was a kind of a turning point of of what direction we were going to take things in so i i i, I mean i know i know things yeah it was one of those odd cases where you know the natives were subjected to white man's law when they weren't used to white man's law yet yeah so i think there was a lot of injustices done there but and things could have been handled a lot differently but before we get into that we should probably tell the story of swift runner so for those who don't know he was a cree indian and he was about 40 winters old so they you know about 40 years of age and he was a fur trader you know he was a, a married man he had kids and one day in 1878 well his life changed in a very drastic way he uh went out on a fur trading expedition with his wife his kids and his mother-in-law and while he was out well you know they didn't suspect much of him because he was always gone for a long period of time well, when he came back he looked like he had actually gained weight but he was telling people in a bar the story of how he and his family were struggling against starvation you know and they thought this was a little weird because he looked healthy he looked fine you know they didn't show any illnesses didn't act funny or twitchy in any way but the fact that he was talking about starvation really caught their interest. It caught everybody's ear. And well, he kind of went on to tell a very grisly tale. <laughs> now, I'm sure you know some details about that, Ashley. Um, no, not much. Okay. Well, <laughs> in the St. Albert Mission is where Swift Runner actually ended up going back to. And well, he, uh, he was a tall guy. He was about six foot three, you know, maybe about eh, 200 pounds, give or take a pound or two. Uh, well, he told of how he had to uh, kill his family in order to sustain himself. And he said it so calmly that everybody around him was just like, you know, why can you say it so coldly? It's your wife. That's your kids. And, well, he proclaimed that he did it because the Wendigo made him do it. You know, and so when you mention that name, Wendigo, especially back then, a lot of fear riled up. 
And so it took some drinks, you know, they arrested him and they, they actually had to get him drunk after they arrested him. And as they got him drunk, he actually was telling in great detail how he killed each and every family member. You know, that's pretty grotesque in and of itself. And I know a lot of people are going to think, oh, mental illness, he's a psychopath. But he insisted, he stood firm in his belief that the Wendigo made him do this. That this was, was all the act of the Wendigo, not him. That it took control of his mind, body, and soul. And it made him kill each and every family member. You know, and I, I find that to be really, really interesting because this guy, you know, he's gone along this route so many times. So if starvation was really a thing, why didn't he backtrack back to the mission to get the food that he would need for his family? You know, was it just convenience? Was it because he wanted to murder his family? Or was there something more to it? Okay. Well, what's your take on that? What do you think would have been the proper method for him? Do you think he should have gone back? Or why do you think he didn't go back? Um, I mean... I... See, I'm going to be, I'm not usually in this position as the skeptic. This is very interesting. Um, <laughs> usually I'm on the opposite end here. Um, but, you know, I got to be perfectly honest with you. You know, It just sounds, again, classic case of mental illness. I mean, we've got plenty of, of modern day serial killers who, you know, tell very similar tales and end up losing their minds in the very same fashion. I mean, why do they do it? Well, we're still trying to figure that out. Um, <clears throat> you know, if you look at people like... Uh, you know, uh, Richard Tritton Chase, he, um, he was, he was very, very far out there. Um, he thought that he had to kill people because the government was stealing his blood or poisoning his blood. And he thought that he could replace his blood with other people's blood that he killed. And, um, you know, then you have people like, uh, well, gosh, I think it was the Unabomber that, or, or maybe it was David Berkowitz, somebody, Somebody, a dog told him to do whatever it was that he did. It could have even been the Night Stalker. I don't remember. I mean, but that's the thing. I mean, look how, I mean, I don't even, I couldn't even name who it was that a dog told him to kill people, you know, and it's, that's not uncommon. Um, you know, it's a very easy fallback point to be like, oh, I can just blame it on mental illness. Um, and I think that with a lot of those uh, serial killer cases, we're still working through who was honest and who wasn't. Mm -hmm. Um you know, some of them probably genuinely did believe that, you know, they were being talked to by something. Um, one of my really good friends, actually, um, he, he spent time in prison. He's, a, he, you know, he's a con. He's a criminal. But um, <laughs> he, he was just telling me a guy that um, he was in there with, he had murdered his parents and had a whole list of people he was intending to go murder. And he says, but he met the guy as a, um, you know, as a Buddhist in prison. And, you know, he, he, he's very open about it. And he asked, you know, why, why did you kill your parents? And he was like, well, because I genuinely 100% believed that if I did, I would, I would sit on a throne with Satan himself that's what I thought. And, you know, I don't believe that now because I'm on medication, but you know, <laughs> it's, I don't think that that's unusual. And, and as to why he, he didn't continue on with, with his original plans. I mean, he had a psychotic break. Um, you know, 40 is actually a very, um, between 30 and 40 is when a lot of very serious mental illnesses start to surface mm -hmm. um you know it, it can take a while you're not typically i mean you are you are born you are predisposed to um specific you know genetic oh, yeah. ailments um and so you know but they don't always take place right away uh, they they can manifest later in life you you probably 
would have already, you know, you, you were destined to get those things anyway, um, but you weren't necessarily going to have them right out of the gate. So I, I, I just, I think that this is very easily explained. It could be. I mean, it very, very well could be, but I still think there's, you know, there's something to it though. Just the way he describes it in his own confession. Now, yeah, I guess it could be, you know, the ramblings of a mentally ill person, but I don't know, just the way that he says that the thought came over him to kill his son. You know, I mean, everything was fine. And this thought just came into his mind to kill his poor boy. You know, he just put his gun to his son's head and pulled the trigger, you know, nonchalantly. So you got to wonder, you know, why would you do that? What was really making you do it? But he insisted there was a voice in his head that there was some presence within his mind that was urging him to do this, you know, and it pushed him on so much that when he killed his family, he actually broke open the bones just to suck out the marrow, you know, and that is, you know, a case of cannibalism, but was there something that made him do it though? Was it just him being mentally ill or was there some kind of driving force that he couldn't explain and that he actually ultimately could not fight off? You yeah. Can, you can admit that's violent to kill your, your own kids and your own wife and just, you know, crack open their bones, get the marrow because you're hungry. You know, there's got to be some kind of strong, strong force that's pushing your hunger to get that intense. There has to be some reason for it. I mean, maybe. I think that for me to to buy that this is, you know, a prime example of the Wendigo, I, I would have to first, I think I would also have to accept that anybody that commits cannibalism is, is also possessed by the Wendigo. Yeah, that's a good point. That's a very, very good point. But I mean, I guess it's just the uh, how cool the nonchalant he was, though. When oh, he, yeah. When he brought him back to show the remains of his family, he just walked over to the skulls and he put two fingers through the eye sockets and lifted it up and kind of waggled them at the police officers and said, oh, this was my wife. Yeah. You know, I mean, I mean that's just it, to me, it just seems like there's something more to it that a guy yeah. like Swift Runner who showed no sign prior of mental illness and his family really i mean it'd be worth investigating into if anybody in his family before showed any signs of this sure no i understand i mean uh, you know listen ed gein made a belt out of nipples you know people are i mean was ed gein possessed by the wendigo or was he just mentally ill you know i mean it's just one of the i think i think it's one of those things i mean it is hard to know especially because it's so this was so long ago this took place um so it's not like we can even do things like you know listen to the to the interviews or the transcripts from you know swift runner giving his confessions or anything like that you know you can't look at him and look in his eyes and see the crazy right um, right i mean we can read them but unfortunately we can't read them with him in front of us right and so you know it's a it's a difficult thing and and you know given what we didn't know then versus what we do know now it's not the same line of questioning um yeah. because if that were to happen now i mean you would get you know you'd be hooked up with somebody that specializes in mental illness and they would sit down and, and talk it out with you and go over every little tiny detail um and we just didn't have that then. So, you know, we, we, we were starting to, but, but not really, you know, we didn't know what the hell we were doing. So, I, you know, again, I just. Yeah, I think back then we we're barely scratching the surface. Humans doing shocking things is not shocking to me. Well, what gets me, though, is like, you know, as a, a fur trader, you know, and, and a hunter, too, there were other food sources available if he was willing to put the work into it. So was this a famine context where he just didn't have the energy to go out and hunt or even go back to the mission? 
where he just decided it was easier to kill his family or was there something more to it i mean it could have been you know again people people don't kill and eat people now because there's no food available you know we have food aplenty nowadays mm-hmm. um you know a lot of times when people commit acts of cannibalism it's a it's it's a power exchange rather than a doing it because they're hungry um you know it's there's something more to it you know (laughs) there's something symbolic about consuming somebody and that is a theme that we've had throughout all of human history right well before we arrive at any conclusion about it though i mean i guess really him hiking back to that mission that is quite the trek it was 25 plus miles yeah you gotta think this was winter time so there was a lot of snow there was wind you know freezing rain ice it was actually a hazard for him. And he didn't think about that, especially to leave his family alone while he hikes back. Yeah. You know, or even to take his family with him. I mean, that would have been a, a fool's errand, I should think. I mean, I agree with that part. So, I mean, I don't know. Just to me, it seems like he had done other things, though, because he was a very resourceful man. So he could have found food elsewhere. But for him to be so determined to convince everybody it was a Wendigo, you know, I mean, really, what was he trying to achieve with that, though? Because by saying he was Wendigo, he had to have known it was a death sentence. Well, that could have been, but you know, a lot of people do that also. I mean, they don't, once you reach that, once you reach that brink, um, you know, and, and you kind of go over the edge there with your mental illness. I don't think you care much about if you live or die. I suppose that's true, but I mean, wouldn't that kind of doom you to a more painful death though? If you, you know, you know, the superstition and the legend behind your people's beliefs, then if you were to go, Oh, Hey, I'm one to go, then, you know, it's going to be very bad. Whereas if you were to say, well, I just decided to kill them because I wanted to kill them, that punishment's not going to be as extreme as if you're telling everybody it was the Wendigo that made me do it. I think that if you are so mentally ill that you completely slaughtered your family and sucked out their bone marrow, Mm -hmm. I don't think that you were in a position to decide which is a worse death. I suppose you're right on that. That's a valid point. Very valid point. You know, I, I don't think that you're thinking, obviously, not thinking clearly. Um, so, therefore, you're not really considering the consequences there um, because you're just too too far gone. Um, you know, now, of course, don't don't let me be the one to tell anybody here how to think or feel or, you know, whatever your well, opinion is. No, no, I mean, this is entirely open to anybody's interpretation. If they want sure. to believe that the Wendigo had an influence, by all means, I'm not going to discourage that because, yeah, part of me does believe that, too. Part of me agrees with you, Ashley. But a part of me does have to wonder if there was something inside of his head, you know, saying, hey, look at your family, you know, let's eat them. Let's let's devour them. I do have to wonder that because, I mean, he was a very sound guy. He didn't seem like he was too open to superstition or anything like that. So for him to just, you know, tell everybody, oh, the Wendigo made me do this. The Wendigo made me murder my son, made me eat their bodies. It just seems very extreme for me, especially because he was of indigenous people. And he knows that the fear of the Wendigo is going to spread like wildfire. You think he'd be a little bit more going, well, you know, let's just tell people I killed him because I was too afraid to go out as opposed to let's tell people I'm the one to go unless he did it to make people fear him. So when he got punished, his own people wouldn't seek their own brand of justice. Well, that very well could have been. I mean, I think that he genuinely believed that he, he was told by the Wendigo to kill his family. But I don't think a Wendigo actually told him to kill his family. Hmm. I want to agree with you, but it's very hard for me not to. I mean, I don't know. I just think there's a lot to it. I really think that there's some stories, some details that we just don't know about Swift Runner. And I got to wonder if maybe he did encounter something at that point in time 
And who knows, maybe after you have that initial encounter with a Wendigo mentally, maybe it just messes you up and that's what you become later on is you just become this raging psychopath. Could be. So what, uh, what, what was Swift Runner's, uh, what was his fate? Well, actually it kind of sucks for him because on December 20th, well, he was led to the gallows and, you know, just as I'm sure he knew he was executed for his crimes. But, you know, here's the thing is after the execution, nobody can really tell you where Swift Runner was buried. There's a lot of debate about it. Some people will say, oh, he was buried at the mission. Or some people will tell you, well, his people came for his body. Other people will tell you that it was actually dismembered and scattered all across the place. And it's just a very interesting debate because, you know, it makes sense. If he said he was a Wendigo, would his people come for him? Probably. But they would do that to either burn the body or dismember the body. Now, would white men's law actually say that he was buried on the mission, though, where he committed crimes? Huh. I would think not. Right. I mean, I, I well, you know, and probably probably he was taken back by his people. Um <coughs> and then they did whatever they saw fit and probably didn't disclose that information because guess what? They were just um as a whole, as a people put on display for with this entire trial and this entire situation. So, I, I don't blame them for hiding the fact. Well, something you're going to find interesting though, Ashley, is there's a lot of discrepancies here with the swift runner case one of the things that people can't seem to agree on is was there a priest present or was there not a priest present okay some people say that there was an actual a priest that was brought in to kind of you know bring him into the white man's way to ready him for the punishment that was going to come and try to help save him through religion but then some other experts will tell you no there was no priest you know so they're are a lot of indiscrepancies here there's a lot of things that you have to look into going well how's that information mixed up i mean if there was a priest there wouldn't he be in the archives and the records and if there wasn't a priest how did they confuse there was a priest there at one time i mean that's a good question i don't know much about how they documented um trials at the time so well you would think though i mean with a priest traveling to see you know a cree native american for a crime he committed that that would be written down somewhere just in case something happened to the priest. Do you think the church would have information on that? It could be. You know, but there's even a name, Father Ledoux. That was his name. You know, so some people will tell you, yes, he was there. And he he took the confession from Swift Runner. Other people will tell you, no, the confession was given to the, the magistrate. But mm-hmm. nobody can really settle on whether or not there was a priest there. So, I mean, when this confession was given by Swift Runner, how can we trust that the people reporting the confession were honest? Well, it was all written down. It was all, you know, archived where somebody actually did write down word for word what he was telling because he went into great detail. Mm-hmm. Very, yeah. very yes. great detail okay. about how he did that. So you're telling me that it was all archived by a white man. Yeah, true. Yeah. It's <laughs> a good point. That's a very I mean, good point. I'm just saying that's something to think about. Well, no, that's, um, that's a very valid point. That is a very, very valid point. I mean, was it a white man that created the whole Swift Runner saying he was Wendigo? To justify his death. Right. Yeah, because if you think about it, really, for him killing his family without them really having details just yet, how would the other Cree respond to these white men coming in and deciding to hang Swift Runner unless they created some kind of good backstory to go with it and justify what they were about to do? Yep. 
you know, so was a Wendigo thing, something they use as a, a pedestal, as a diving board for them to go, oh, hey, it's okay. We're doing you a favor. Or was it something that they were really going, okay, well, we don't know what this Wendigo is, but this is what he said it is. So you guys know what it is. I mean, how do we how do we know that it it wasn't white people themselves that that murdered Swift Runner's family? That's wow! You just kind of brought up a conspiracy, didn't you, Ashley? I did, but I am. But if we look at the <laughs> if we look at the history of our relationship with indigenous tribes, I mean, it's fucking right on the mark that we would do exactly something like that. It is. It really I keep is. saying we. I'm not. My family came here in the 1950s. I'm very Italian, so <laughs> not me, but them. <laughs> well, it's it's definitely not me. Although, wait a minute. All my family comes from Canada. Wait a minute. <laughs> it might be it, it might be you, Ryan. <laughs> oh, oh crap. Um, you uh, asshole. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, anyway. But but you know what I mean. I mean, this isn't unusual, and and you know, we're very much aware now that um, history has been just very very whitewashed, and. Well, especially so, with the uh, the British colonists, British colonists were infamous for writing things their way, right? And so, how do we know that it it wasn't just white dudes being shitty people that murdered this family, and then Swift Runner comes home, and they're like, "Oh, we'll just blame it on that guy." Mm-hmm. I mean, that's definitely a possibility, but I do have to wonder if maybe he did indeed murder his family on his own, but using the whole Wendigo thing was just a way of creating that fear. So that when, you know, he was jailed and eventually executed, it kind of seemed like they were doing everybody else a favor. You know, because with the Cree people, the Wendigo was just a, a very terrifying thing. You know, it's something they did not want around. If they knew somebody was thinking Wendigo or somebody claimed to be a Wendigo, it was dealt with extreme justice. You know, they just, they killed the person without really even looking into it. So maybe this was the British settlers way of saying, well, we can use the Wendigo lore the Wendigo name, and if we kill this guy, they're not going to be as angry with us because he's claiming to be Wendigo, or so they think. I mean, is it is it typical that a Wendigo possesses somebody and then and then unpossesses them? No, not really. That's another interesting aspect of the case that I'm okay. glad you brought up. Because normally when a Wendigo possesses somebody, it, it does so for a reason. You know, like, say in Christian culture, in Christian religion, right? When a demon possesses somebody, does it just jump in and jump out? No, it usually jumps into that person, takes hold, and that thing's there until somebody gets rid of it through exorcism. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. this is the very weird that they would say that the Wendigo just jumped in him and, you know, played with his mind a little bit, then jumped out because that's not how the Wendigo operates. Right. And so then when he was executed, he, he was executed by hanging. Right. Right. And I, like, I'm pretty sure if you're an omnipotent, um, you know, you're a Wendigo, I, I don't think that's going to kill you. Um, but that's just me. I mean, if anything, I think that would make me laugh at the guy that I possess. Like, man, sucks to be you, dude. You know, I jumped in your body, made you do some heinous things, and I jumped right out as you were getting hung, dude. That sucks, man. My bad. I mean, it seems like, you know, I'm, I mean, I'm almost positive that every time a, a Wendigo possession is at play, you know, you, it's that, you know, you kind of start doing these these terrible things, and then you, you slowly turn into a Wendigo pretty mm-hmm. much you right. know and so again you know there's there's a very specific set of rules in order to to handle these people like you mentioned the first account you mentioned you know they had to kill him a very certain you know specific way and mm-hmm. so is 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 a rope and, and a two by four really gonna do it i mean you know i don't i wouldn't think so i mean especially if you look deeper into the wendigo lore you know you have things like a uh, beef tallow that's used to stop somebody from going wendigo right you know, I mean, it's said that if you use heated up beef tallow, that it thaws out the ice heart that is the Wendigo. 
you know, so why wouldn't they try that on Swift Runner? Why didn't they try giving him, you know, warmed up beef tallow and see, hey, did you change at all? Well, the white people didn't because they they thought that the guy was they didn't believe in the Wendigo Lord. They thought the guy was crazy and that he killed his family and that he should be executed for it. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, that's so yeah, they wouldn't try that. But like sure okay i mean that's and and they could have been experimental with it and tried it but you know they didn't instead they hung him and it worked and he died just like with like the witch trials and 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 things like that when they burned these witches and they died they were like oh shit i guess they weren't witches after all you know <laughs> yeah it was one of those things they realized a little bit too late going oh man we just killed an innocent person i'm not saying swift runners no he obviously i mean if anybody's gonna die in one of these types of things i guess it's a and, unless it was white people that killed his family um but you know then i guess he kind of deserved it but you know if, if he was if he was hung i mean that's another thing with a lot of these like folkloric type of um you know talks or, or creatures and things like that there's always a special set of circumstances for these things to die and we've never killed any of them in any of those ways it's well, always yeah. by like mundane mundane mean means mm -hmm. and there's numerous numerous methods that are used to stop a wendigo that you know nobody applied to this particular quote-unquote wendigo right you know such as I mean. fire i mean if they were going to do something why wouldn't they try burning them alive or you know because fire is said to also stop the wendigo right let's see if he's a wendigo let's burn him oh it stops the wendigo well so he dies anyway right well see that's funny though it goes right back to what you said earlier though ashley i mean you know really if it wasn't written just by the white man that said he did this then his people would have stepped in going whoa 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 if he's becoming wendigo we have to take certain countermeasures before you try to hang him because hanging's not going to work mm -hmm. so how come his people were so excluded from how they treated him i mean had they gone public and said hey you know one of your people swift runner is claiming to be Wendigo. Don't you think they should have reached out for help and, you know, seen what came of that? Well, they did. And, and it was a big, it was a huge deal. I mean, that's, that's why, you know, like I said, this was a big deal because it was the first time that we had kind of overstepped a, their cultural beliefs in a, in a court of law and went, uh, you know what, mm, we're going to handle this. Um, and the indigenous people were pissed at us for it. Well, of course they were. I mean, who could blame them? Um, you know, but, but they did attempt to intervene and they weren't allowed. Right. Right. But I mean, you would still think, though, if they, if they really want to sell the whole Wendigo thing, they would have allowed his people to take part longer, you know, to try the different quote unquote remedies that they use on a Wendigo. But the you white know? people didn't want to sell the Wendigo thing. They were just saying that he was crazy. No, but I mean, if they want to kind of persuade his people that this was the right thing to do, then they should have allowed his people to come in and say, OK, well, try that, you know, try whatever you want. Try your ancestral remedies and you know if it works we'll see what happens but maybe you're right maybe they excluded him on purpose you know just to have total power who knows yeah i don't think that i mean i don't think they cared much to get them involved and and to convince them that this was a good idea because at the end of the day we had guns and they didn't mm -hmm. so i mean it was just for us oddly enough um because it involves cannibalism um was a, a power move that's what it was well that's entirely possible it was a way for white people to be like, look, we have complete control over you now. <laughs> and uh, it's a terrible, horrible thing. Very, very, um, it's a very much a cornerstone story, not just in the way of, you know, these fringe ideas and these fringe topics, but, you know, also just in history and kind of why, you know, we, we are where we are now, you know, so. Yeah, that's yeah, valid, very valid.
So it's just, I think it's a very interesting story, though, because really, it is. when you bring up Wendigo, you know, that's usually the first name that comes to mind. It's Swift Runner. It is. Mm-hmm. You know, I think they even featured him in that video game until dawn. I'm pretty sure they did. Maybe somebody in the uh, comments can tell me later on. But yeah, I think they did. I think there's some stuff you could access in that game that told you a very brief history of uh, Swift Runner. So, yeah, I don't know. It's just a, it's a very interesting story to me. And it's one of those close to home stories, I guess, because, you know, I'm Canadian and I love the Wendigo. So it's like, ooh, definitely piques my interest every time I read about it or hear about it. But if you want to talk about the opposite of Swift Runner, we're going to move on to Jack Fiddler. Now, I know you've heard that name before. Oh, yeah. Okay. What do you know about him? He killed Wendigo. <laughs> well, that's it. End of show, guys. Bye. <laughs> <laughs> that's what I know about him. Okay. All right. Well, did you know that his whole family actually was into this? I have heard that his whole family was into this. Okay. What's wrong? I had heard. I, yes. Okay. Yes. I had heard that. I don't believe. I, I've Okay. I've always heard that this story doesn't have a lot of credibility. That's true. That's true. I mean, so, I think amongst the people, though, amongst his people, it's very widely believed. Amongst modern day people, probably not so much. Yeah, I feel like it's been it's been called into question a lot because there's no um, record or you know what I mean, any type of proof that this person existed. Um, kind of like he, he's kind of been um, <clears throat> compared to like Paul Bunyan. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so and that's what I've that's the basis of what i know <laughs> one interesting note i mean for people that want to kind of speculate on this whole jack fiddler thing it is absolutely impossible to find any photographs of this man it is right now you can find pictures of swift runner which was before jack fiddler but you can find no photos whatsoever of jack fiddler so explain that one you know could it be he didn't want his photo taken sure could it be there's no photos at all uh-huh yeah, pretty much. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it could be. It's just, it's a very interesting story, though. I mean, his real name, the name of his people that they gave him was Porcupine Standing Sideways. <laughs> wow. And they actually believe that he stepped from one world into this one for the sole purpose of stopping the Wendigo. Okay. So he has a, a long track record of doing this, though. It's not just one or two Wendigo he stopped. You know, he has quite the illustrious victory record over uh, Wendigo. I'm listening. <laughs> so you don't know much about what he's done, huh? Nope. Oh, my goodness. Okay. Well, I mean, his people did believe that he was, you know, assigned this from the Great Spirits pretty much just to come in and get rid of any Wendigo that he could. And he had a very interesting method of doing this. He actually used knives, whips, and even axes to stop Wendigos. You know, okay. in one case, he literally strangled a Wendigo out of a woman, <laughs> or so he believed. Okay. So you don't know much about his story at all, Ashley? I, I mean, I, I know a little bit. This is, but this is your thing. I'm letting you do your thing. Oh, no, I want to hear your thoughts on this as we go along. <sighs> okay. So, I, I mean, he, he killed a couple of Wendigo, I think somewhere in the double digits or something like that but mm-hmm. uh, from my understanding a lot of these quote-unquote wendigo that he murdered were, were people that came to him and said hey i'm a wendigo kill me um, um yes no. 
to to protect their families and things like that. Mm-hmm. Well, some people will tell you it was 20 Wendigo that he got rid of, but really, according to the records that they have, it was 26 or even possibly as high as 200. Well, you know, that's okay. Um, so, you know, I know that, you know, he went around, I mean, he had a lot of all, I mean, he had a lot of, um, powers and things like that. A lot of people thought that he was a very, um, protective spirit. Yeah. Essentially he was a shaman, I believe. Right. And, and like you said, it was, it was genetic basically. I mean, he he was, he like came from it. Some people come from money. Some people come from spiritual healing. And, uh, so Jack Fiddler was one of those people and he, um, you know, his big hook was that he could kill Wendigo. And so, like I said, people would come to him and say, hey, I got a Wendigo in my family. Or they would be like, hey, I'm the Wendigo. And he would kill them. And uh, this was also another case where um, the law stepped in, the white people stepped in and was like, mm. yes. Yeah. They brought him to trial for all the murders. Yeah. They're like, you can't just be killing people. Well, no. I mean, I guess like, you know, <clears throat> the settlers just didn't understand how deeply rooted the Wendigo thing was for these people. And that does actually reek of a lot of unfairness in my book anyway. Yeah, I mean, that was that was another that was another really big case of, you know, white people overstepping into um, tradition and culture and thinking that they were in the right because they just thought this guy was a murderer. They just thought he was crazy or at least, you know, from from their viewpoint. Mm-hmm. Um and you know their their law kind of overrode the law of the land right um and you know they got away with with i believe he was he was also executed wasn't he no 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 he died a natural death luckily oh, did he? yeah wow okay i did not know that well he was very ill i mean when the whole trial took place in 1907 all the way to 1908 he wasn't healthy he wasn't healthy at all physically Oh, so he did get the luxury of dying a natural death, despite all the uh, the murders they believed he committed. How can you be a shaman, but very, very sick? Old age. You know, I mean, it just happens. There are things that you can't always cure. Okay. So who knows? Maybe there was a form of cancer or whatever that just, you know, took him down. Who knows? Okay. You know, but he did get the luxury of a natural death, so... But no, I, I do believe that he was a, a very interesting character as well. It'd be interesting to see what he looked like. You know, was he a big man, a small man? I, I don't know. I can't answer that. But his reputation alone is pretty interesting. But his kids also went on to go do the same thing allegedly, right? Isn't that right? Yes. Yes, they did. But they all had bad luck, though. <laughs> okay. You know, none of them really uh had any luck with living after this. So it's actually kind of sad, like, you know, um, they all fell ill mysteriously. They just got ill at young ages and they all just passed away. Well, that doesn't really seem like good news. Um, so how, how does that happen? Uh, maybe bad genes or, you know, as some people might tell you, maybe it was a curse because of what they did. You know, if you believe in curses, that would definitely fall in line. Okay. You know, I mean, maybe the uh, Wendigo were taking revenge in a way. You know, his son's getting sick and all of them dying pretty young, not having good life. <laughs> it's possible. Okay. So what's your take on it, though? Do you think it was just all hype or do you think maybe he really was killing Wendigo? I think people already know what I'm going to say. <laughs> well, you're the skeptic here, so let's hear your opinion. 
I'm playing the skeptic today. Um, Yeah, I mean, I, again, you know, and of course I haven't gone case by case by case and really dug into this a lot, Um, you know, so, I mean, don't listen to me. I don't think you could go case by case by case. So honestly, because I mean, finding that information, oof, if you found that, I'd marry you right away. Oh, wow. Um, Okay, so tomorrow I'm busy. Um, I've got to find these cases. But, you know, yeah, I mean, I I haven't dug too much into it. I have a basic understanding of of the situation. Um, But, you know, to me, it very much sounds like, um, you know, again, that these were all people that were confused. I, I think that people... I think that the Wendigo is a really good explanation for a lot of things that we have actual explanations for now. Um, so and would you say maybe the Wendigo, in a sense, is an allegory? Yeah, I would say that. Okay, would you agree with my theory that maybe what happened with the Wendigo is they crossed those crawlers, as we, you like to call them, as you and I like to call those, you know, the pale humanoids. And maybe they saw how these pale humanoids were behaving and maybe they were cannibals. Who knows? But maybe they witnessed that sort of behavior. And so they thought that when somebody started acting a certain way or behaving a certain way or looking a certain way for that matter, that these pale crawlers were having some kind of spiritual and mental influence on normal human beings. Yeah, I mean, yes, it's a lot like when, um, you know, you got there's like jokes that people have you know usually older people that when they were younger and anytime they had any type of ailment their parent would tell them to do a specific thing and it would cure it um you know uh some people as adults some people will be like oh i got a stomach ache i'm gonna take ibuprofen or everything that they had they would take an ibuprofen or something i I think that it's the same kind of concept except instead of curing it um it's just an explanation for a lot of really bad shit okay (laughs) And they would just be like, oh, it must be the Wendigo. It's really terrible, so it must be the Wendigo. So do you think it's very similar to the whole uh, the werewolf thing that was going on in Europe where if somebody had, you know, exuberant amounts of facial hair or whatever, they thought, oh, werewolf, and, you know, executed the poor guy? Yeah, yeah. But I think that the circumstances circumstances could change depending on the situation. Um, so if you were dying you were starving to death and you um decided to murdering eat your family because you were starving to death they'd be like oh it's a wendigo if you start suffering from hypothermia in the middle of winter and you are you know running around naked and speaking in tongues it seems like oh it's the wendigo um or again they would see these pale humanoids and go well i don't know what the hell that is so it must be the wendigo um yeah. Yes, you know, that's, that's what I believe. I believe they actually came across these pale humanoids and that gave birth to a lot of legends. I think, yes, I think that, that the Wendigo just kind of became a, a blanket term, mm-hmm. like the History Channel guy with his aliens. You know, I, I think it just became a, a blanket term and and they were using it to try to explain away a lot of things that we now know is, is something else, mm-hmm. um, which is OK. I mean, that that happens. Um and that would make total sense because, like we were discussing over the phone, Ashley, they even call a type of Bigfoot the Wendigo. They do, they do, um, you know. And that was probably not great too. And 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 it wasn't it, it wasn't a friendly Bigfoot. It was violent. It'd come through and fuck shit up and steal their food and leave. But it's an animal, so that's you kind know. Sounds what... like my neighbor. <laughs> kind of sounds like you. Um... Oh, ouch! <laughs> you just gave my secret away on my own show. Oh man. <laughs> Everybody knows you're a Wendigo, Ryan. Stop. Um, <laughs> that's the secret. I don't know. 
<laughs> you know, but uh, yeah, I mean, so, you know, there's that. They've used that term for other things. And then, you know, we've talked about the different, There's there are different types of Wendigo. It's many, many different physical versions of them. Mm-hmm. And, you know, so all, all that they describe is just something that isn't naturally occurring or that we know of as naturally occurring, something that we didn't have a name for. Right. Um, so they just called it the Wendigo. Right, um, right. So, I mean, that's, yeah, I mean, honestly, that is what I think is going on here with the Wendigo. I don't think that it by itself is a thing. Well, speaking of the uh, the different forms of the Wendigo, I think it should be noted that the stag-headed Wendigo that everybody's so fond of, that actually wasn't how it was described. That didn't come until Algernon Blackwood. He kind of designed that. What he based his design on, believe it or not, was the Wendigo dance where they wore the stag skulls, but that was an anti wendigo ceremony so it was never the wendigo that ran around wearing those stag heads that was always done to drive away the wendigo so if you see a stag headed thing in the woods you should probably follow it because you're probably safe from the wendigo oh man don't follow me oh wait you're talking about something else okay (laughs) no but yeah that's a very weird thing though because it, it was the wendigo dances that algernon blackwood saw he witnessed some so he began illustrating the wendigo with a stag head and the antlers and everything and that just caught on. But originally, that's never, ever what they said to look like at all. Yeah. Well, I mean, this, don't get me wrong. The stag head thing looks cool as hell. Oh, yeah. I mean, it, it's badass. It's definitely yeah. enjoyable. And it gives you the whole creep factor. Yeah. It's very aesthetically pleasing. Yeah. But I, I would say probably the most prevalent this physical description of the Wendigo. Actually, the most prevalent description of the Wendigo is, uh, is, is um, psychosomatic. It's not actually even... It's not a physical thing, but if we had to pick a physical thing, I would say it's probably the pale humanoid with gray skin, very skinny. Yeah, kind of think face. If there was, uh, something more similar to the creatures from that movie, The Descent. Right now, when right. I see that movie, that's what I think is Wendigo. Right off, is you know, okay, the way they're behaving, the way they're hunting those chicks, you know, that's just yeah, that's a Wendigo behavior, and that's what they would look like too. You know, would they look so much like bats though? No. Did you just call them chicks? I did. <laughs> what, is that? Wanna, what is this? You want to fight over the 1990s? <laughs> you want to fight over it, Ashley? <laughs> Those chicks. <laughs> you know, I got coffee and Reese's. I can so take you right now. I'm coffee and Reese's driven. So, yes, here's Ryan's threatening me on the air. He's. <laughs> I am. I'll admit it proudly. <laughs> That's terrible. Anyway, um, no, I, I, I mean, I. I don't I don't like the descent, but you know, that's just if you want to be bored for two hours, watch the descent. Um yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, the movie itself might be lacking, but I mean the design of the creatures in there, that is very, very, very close to how they describe the Wendigo. Mm-hmm. Golem. I mean, Golem also, if you've never seen the descent, Go- Golem looks a lot like what we're describing. What? How? What do you mean how? They don't look that much alike. I mean, Gollum was a scrawny little thing with stringy hair and wide eyes. Yeah, that's pretty much what they look like, yeah. Not really. They had sharp teeth and, like, really cool bat ears, and they were kind of muscular and badass. Not not Gollum-y. Not not the descent creatures, Ryan, the Wendigo. No. Yeah. No. No. A pale, skinny humanoid. With a sunken in face that looks like it's starving and nothing sickly. What, what, do you, what do you mean? Yes, that's what it looks like. That's what he looks like. All right, I'll give you that one. 
<laughs> I'll give you that one, but I still think that this scent is the uh, the closest you're going to get to a Wendigo. Though, if you've seen that movie Antlers, that was a uh, that was pretty intense too. But that didn't look like a Wendigo. Well, the people that, did. That was a great movie, though. I mean, they really did feed off of the original Algonquian lore for that, so I'm impressed. You yeah. liked it, didn't you? Mm, it was. Mm, I had to watch it like three times. Really? Oh yeah, because because I was bored and I kept not paying attention to what was going on, um, and then you know when it came down to it, I, I liked the creature. I really liked what it looked like, even though it didn't look like a Wendigo mm-hmm. in the end. I liked it. I thought it was cool. But you're gonna make a movie about indigenous lore, and you're you actually hire an indigenous person, and they're in the movie for five minutes, <laughs> and then the rest of the people are white. Yeah, you know, I kind of wish they would follow the uh, the path like Primal Rage did. If you've ever seen that movie, that's a that's a great movie. I've never seen that movie. Oh man, that was so well done. But it's a Sasquatch movie that was done by an indigenous movie studio, and they just you know they did it so well. I was so impressed by it. I mean, it was a very Antlers is very artsy fartsy. So I mean, it's all it, it's it's psychological, and it's not it's all. It's like if, if you've ever seen the movie It Follows, it's also psychological. It's not actually about the creatures in the movie. Like, it's actually about something deeper. And if you like that kind of thing, then then watch it. And, and, and I mean, the Wendigo is psychological, you know. And so, I mean, they did okay. Um, you know, they, they did all right. Um, but they could it was have all right. <laughs> they definitely could have done better, though. It was all right, right. It's, I'm not, I'm not going to sit here and act like it was it, way better than The Descent. Um <laughs> Well, Which isn't guy, about the Wendigo, but, uh, you know, just... There's a guy I'm talking to on Facebook. His name's Jake. He's actually making a Wendigo horror movie. So I'm very, very excited to see what he comes up with. I, yeah, I am not... Antlers and, you know, didn't completely sour me away from, from the future of, of Wendigo movies. I, I would like to see more. Well, from what I've heard, I mean, I've only spoken to the guy briefly for the past couple of days. But from what I've seen and heard from him, I think he's really looking really deep into the lore to make this as accurate as possible. And that that's very impressive for me, for a guy like me who's been studying the Wendigo. That is like, mm-hmm. yes, all right, sweet. So I'm looking forward to that. So if Jake's listening, I'm looking forward to the movie, dude. Hurry it up. Um, Jake, if you're listening, less white people. There you go. Accurate. I'm telling you. I mean, it's 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 a, almost a disservice. You know what I mean? I'm not saying have no white people at all. White people exist now, right? I mean, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, they're not cryptids. But, you know, and especially if it's modern times, I mean, I, I think that, you know, that's the Wendigo is a very personal you can't just take the Wendigo and be like this is my culture like right, right. It, it's we very talked about the last episode I remember we had a little tangent going on <laughs> yeah I mean it's bright it's very specific and we have to continue to maintain that mm-hmm. absolutely I would agree with that 100% totally so but since we're coming up on an hour already man this conversation flew Ashley I guess so Since we're coming up on that hour, though, we should tell the people what we have planned. So next week, we're going to have that episode with Matt Squatch, correct? Are you asking me? Yes. Okay, so we're going to have that ready for the people, so they should love that. But what do we want to cover after Matt, Ashley? Do we want to cover Skinwalkers, Gugwe, Genosqua, or... Actual cryptid. Okay, do we want to actually leave it up to the people to decide? Um, No, but you guys can definitely give suggestions. (laughs) (laughs) 
<laughs> we will get around to talking about whatever it is you, you would like for us to talk about. Um, you know, you should absolutely comment and say what, you know, what kinds of things you would like to learn about. Um, you know, we, we have a list, a running list already of things to, to cover. Um, but, you know, if, if you guys have anything in particular that, that you would like to hear about, we can absolutely put that at the top of the list mm-hmm. um, and just, you know, let us know. Yeah, definitely bug us about it. Maybe we'll do it quicker. Who knows? Or bug, bug Ashley. No, bug Ashley. No, bug Ryan. About it. I don't, I, you know what? I don't check my DMs anymore. So <laughs> bug Ryan. What? And you're going to yell at me for not checking my DM. Oh. I haven't yelled oh. at you for it in like months. So people, people, you know what? You just admitted this in public, Ashley. You don't check your DMs. I check mine. I don't day. check my DMs. Every day. Numerous times per day. So <laughs> I'm you, flexing. You, you almost you didn't though we flipped somewhere i think we like you're me and i'm you now i don't know no no no. what happened ashley is i didn't check the dms from you <laughs> i checked them from everybody else <laughs> fuck you right <laughs> <laughs> i'm not gonna say what i want to do but <laughs> twilight <laughs> are you threatening me i am yeah Okay, don't threaten me with a good time. <laughs> That's all I'm saying. Don't you dare threaten me with a good time. Anyway, we are also working on, well, Ryan is working on getting a, a specific Facebook group together for this show. Um, I am, yeah. You know, you guys are welcome to stay in the uh, Whisper to a Screen podcast group, but, um, you know, there's not going to be m- much over there anymore. Yeah, um, we prefer you move over to the new group once I create it, and that will be done by this weekend, I promise. Right. Just so just so that way, you know, uh, we, we have everything to, in one place. Um, you know, unfortunately, the old channel was hacked. And so now we're here um, and that's fine. I mean, it is what it is. Mm-hmm. So here we are on a new channel and that's going to be great. So. so with that said, we are out of here and we will talk to everybody next Sunday. Bye, guys. Bye.